Welcome to the 109th episode of the Reading and Writing Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Rutherford. Stay tuned for my interview with Richard Deutsch, author of thriller novels, The Thieves of Legend, The Thieves of Darkness, and many others. Stay tuned for the interview. Welcome back to the Reading and Writing Podcast. My guest today is Richard Deutsch, author of the new thriller novel, The Thieves of Legend. Richard is the best-selling author of five previous thrillers, including The Thieves including the, sorry i just screwed that up including the thieves of heaven which is currently in film development by 20th century fox and the 13th hour which is in film development by new line cinema richard welcome to the podcast hey jeff thanks so much for having me sure sure well can i ask you first off if you could read like the first three or four paragraphs of either the prologue or, or first chapter of your new novel the thieves of legend sure i'd be happy to Uh, Why don't I just get right into it? Great. The castle sat at the edge of the cliff, looking out over the Tyrrhenian Sea, where dark waters blended seamlessly with the nighttime sky at the horizon. Constructed of stone, brick, and granite, the structure was built directly into the cliff face and seemed to grow out of the earth as it had existed for all of time. When approached from the sea, the ancient building appeared as one with the rock, but now, in the depths of night, The glittering windows made it look more at home with the stars of the sky. Constructed in 1650 for the third Duke of Ferrante, the castle had traded hands with the rise and fall of the regime's fortunes, and had been most recently purchased by a man of vast wealth, who is rumored to have made his fortune in some unscrupulous dealings in the Far East. Michael St. Pierre stood on the edge of the structure's roof, his hand resting upon the stone battlement, feeling like a crusader who had breached the walls of Jerusalem. He took in the scars, the stars that filled the sky, the moon that had just begun its climb, the unusually heavy surf, a remnant of a forgotten storm, as it crashed like thunder against the base of the cliff face 200 feet below. Anchored a quarter mile from shore was an impressive ship, a 150-foot mega-yacht. The white sun-seeker belonged to the man whose home Michael stood upon now, He had been watching it for nearly an hour. A few hundred yards to its south, a smaller yacht had arrived about 15 minutes ago. Deploying a small tender into the rough water, Michael watched as the tender came closer and closer to the dock directly below him, and after battling the heavy waves, finally managed to secure itself. Now a group of six well-dressed men moving in single file climbed the narrow steep stairs stairs, that had been hewn out of the rock centuries earlier. They paused several times along the way to catch their breath. That's like four paragraphs. Great, so. great. Well, <laughs> kind of sets the tone. Yes, yes. So so how would you describe your new novel, The Thieves of Legend? I would describe it as an action-adventure, thriller, romantic, historic, page-turning novel. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, you know what? It is an amalgam of multiple genres. You know, I have, I love rich characters and uh, in creating Michael St. Pierre, uh, you know, he's a reformed thief. He's a man with a conscience who usually goes through moral compromise when he's drawn back into the world that he was from. But uh, he dabbles in theft and there's, 
there's mysteries at hand and there's a lot of world globe trotting. But at the same time, there's relationships, very strong relationships. And in this one, he has a relationship with a woman by the name of Casey Ryan. And they are each blackmailed uh, into stealing uh, certain pieces from different parts of China and Spain in order to save each other's lives. And uh, it was probably as much fun as I've ever had writing a book. And, you know, it, it's funny. It's it's finally out. It seemed like it's such a long journey, but now it seems like it's been out forever, even though it only came out Tuesday. <laughs> That's great. Well, you mentioned some of the international settings in the book, China, Spain, and I know there's an uncharted Pacific Island. Did you do any travel specifically for research for Thieves of Legend? You know, I do a lot of traveling. Uh, I do adventure races around the world. And so uh, I am always gathering. And whether I, you know, go to Russia or Turkey or the Forbidden City or Macau, uh, it always fills up my mind. So it doesn't necessarily come up specifically for research, but it's there historically, uh, you know, in a pretty big file I have in my brain. Sure. And, uh, the Forbidden City is just an absolutely amazing place. It is the largest palace in the world. You know, it's so sheltered. We just, you know, picture it from, you know, that red wall and maybe a couple buildings that we might see. But, you know, there are hundreds in, of buildings, thousands and thousands of rooms. There's subterranean, uh, you know, tunnels beneath. There is, you know, history that goes back so far in China and, you know, even when you look at Buckingham Palace, or you look at the Louvre, you look at these places, you know, you're talking three, four, five hundred years. But in China, you know, we're going six hundred years for the Forbidden City. We're going four thousand years for its culture. And I always thought it was so rich, something I'd want to draw upon. Uh, but conversely, you have Macau and you have uh, the modern world of the Kotai Strip which has really become the gambling mecca of all of the world taking over from Vegas. Sure. So you can kind of juxtapose those two where you've got modern China and you've got ancient China and, uh, and then you've got the triads and everything else. And, and so it's always filtered in my mind. I've always found it fascinating. So I dropped it into a bucket, stirred it up and combined some of the adventures from my life and came up with legend. Great. Well, you mentioned earlier that you do adventure racing. Can you can you talk about that a little bit? What what what's the adventure racing involved? It it does everything. They're all different. Whether it's as simplistic as like the tough mutter, which is you know like a thirteen mile race of just obstacles, the raid the loose, um, the uh, expedition high, where you 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 dropped into areas you're. You're climbing mountains, you are rafting, you are trekking, you know, you're doing whatever it takes. It's it's a lot more than a marathon. Sure. Um, you know, and in some cases, uh, you know, you can skydive into a location. Um, you can, a lot of swimming involved. And, you know, it's against the clock. And I like to race. And I, uh, I'm a, I do a lot of triathlons. And it's that same sense you get in a race that I like to get into my books into that page turning aspect where you know you're you're you've got a ticking clock so to speak literally in the race but figuratively in the book and uh it, it gives me something to draw on uh and, and makes the reading a lot more fun 
Great. Uh, I know that you had a successful business career before you wrote your first novel and it was published. What was the path to publication like for you with, with that first book that you wrote? You know, it's interesting. I did not come to writing until my 40s. And I never, it, the first thing I wrote since high school was The Thieves of Heaven. And it was, I sat down one day, I said, you know, I want to try to write a book. And there are a lot of things that I had looked for in bookstores and libraries. I was always a very well-read person, but I couldn't find the book I wanted to read. And so just for fun, um, I put pen to paper and I came up with these characters, Michael St. Pierre and, um, you know, his, in his cast of characters. And I loved it. And I gave it to my wife. She's like, you know, you should try to get it published. And that's not what I set out to do initially. But, you know, I sent it out. I probably got 150 rejection letters from agents, you know, the, the same road everybody, you know, takes. And my wife said one day, she's like, you know, our friend Gene Scarlatta, who owns Walmart Bookstore in Bronxville, he's probably the most well-read guy you know. See what he thinks. If he doesn't think it's very good, then you don't, don't have to pursue it. Gave it to him. He loved it. And the same old story. He knew an agent, gave it to the agent. The agent called, signed me up, um, and two weeks later, she gave it to her film agent. They sold it to 20th Century Fox. Then they sold it the international rights. Then they went back and came and sold them to Random House for my first two. So it's a little bit different story, but it's also got that familiarity where you've got to be tenacious. You've sure. got to really, really never give up. You know, I went through, I think, two years of uh, rejection letters. And as all writers know, you, when you write the letter, you think everybody's going to come back to you. And when you get the rejection letter, you're crestfallen, the you know, <laughs> wind's knocked out of you for like a month until you got to build back up to writing your next batch of query letters. And it, it made, made me tougher. And I kept every one of them. Um, and it's interesting. I show them to my, you know, my children who two of them are in their twenties and, they're coming up against their own obstacles, and I try to explain: you got to be tenacious, yep. you got to be persistent. And um, it, it's funny; I stumbled into this. I love writing, and you know, when I did the first deal with Random House, they came back, and I did a two book deal, <laughs> and they said, "So, what's your second book?" I was like, "Uh oh," <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, "Uh oh." can I do this again? I sat down when I wrote the second one, I loved it even more. And, uh, I sold my real estate firm in 2007 and, uh, you know, write like crazy now. It's just, uh, that's great. Very so, glad. So, so what is your writing process like? Do you have a specific workflow or time of day that you work? And also do you outline your novels extensively or are you more of an organic writer? You know, it's funny because I've, you know, I've only been writing since like 2005, I guess. I'm still kind of finding my way. I write every night, no matter what. And I will write usually from about 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. I, every day, I write a story. One page, not even. But I have found that it's very important to keep the creative juices going, that you come up with new stories. And those new stories generally have like a one, first, second, and third act. Sometimes they're just three lines. 
But by creating a new story every day, it goes into a file. And when it comes time to write a new book, I have 365 ideas to draw from. And sometimes I combine them and sometimes, you know, I'll modify them. But I've ended up with this large uh, grouping of stories. And so sometimes there's an outline and I will go and I'll, I'll outline probably three pages. And then I just go from there. Uh, I have a book called The 13th Hour. And it was a one-page outline. And basically, it, there are 13 chapters in the book. And I basically had just a line that described each chapter. And wrote it. I wrote that without, with just that single one page in 30 days. And that process worked great for that. But then the Thieves books, I kind of got to give a little bit more of a, an outline just so I know where I'm going. Sure. But then I veer off from it. Mm-hmm. You know, and as most writers know, when you have a multi-book deal, they always like, they want the outline for your next book. I finally learned that trick that you write an outline and you give it to them and they sign off on it and then you just go write a book. <laughs> and <laughs> as long as it's not that drastically off the mark, they're like, fine, this is great. You know, <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's interesting it, um, you know, you write and when you go through it, your mind, when you're engaged on the page, can all of a sudden come up with new and fresh ideas. And so sometimes to try to throw those all into a box and plan out your next several months of writing is difficult to me. Sure, sure. So w- what are some books or authors that you've read in the past year that made an impact on you and that you would recommend? You know, I, I've always loved James Rollins. He's a good friend. He's um, just his books are outstanding. I went back and I read all, all of the James Bond books, uh, which were just a ton of fun. Um, and then actually read a lot of Alistair McLean recently mm-hmm. and, and really, really, you know, enjoyed a lot of that old, old style. Um and, you know, it, it's funny. I don't devote a ton of time to reading mm-hmm. because it takes away from the writing. Sure. And as sure. you might know, you start to get into somebody else's book. Then you have to go back and write your own. You, you don't want to echo their voice in your story. Sure. Um, so, you know, I try to – I'll finish a book and I'll read like crazy. Then once I start writing, I kind of keep away from uh, somebody else's just so I don't spoil my own voice. Sure, sure. Well, I know that uh, earlier you talked about being tenacious. W- what other advice would you have for aspiring writers? I think for any writer, um, it, what I, I mentioned before was writing an, an idea down every day, disengaging from what you're writing at the moment and opening up your mind because we're creative. Uh, but once you're into the book, you kind of have these self-imposed walls to get away from that just for 15 minutes, a half hour and dream something and do that every day, it kind of, it, you know, they say a writer should write every day. I think a storyteller should tell a new story every day. And by doing that, when it comes time to write your next novel, you're going to have a lot more ideas to draw from. And each day you have different inspirations and it could be, you know, romantic it could be action inspiration. It could be touching. It could be Christmas. It could be all these different things. Um, by writing that each day, you're going to have your, you're going to draw inspiration from yourself when you open up that file. 
So I, I think it's very important to be a storyteller every day, not just somebody's putting pen to paper. That's great. That's great. I think that's unique advice, uh, and, and I think it's good. Uh, what, what are you working on now? Have you started working on another novel? You know, I, I've got <laughs> I have three things <laughs> in the works. I've um, I've got a couple movies that are you know moving towards production, uh, and one of them I just it's actually being announced on Monday. Um, I've adapted the screenplay for the uh, well, I've adapted the Thieves of Darkness with a gentleman, a great screenwriter by the name of Shane Salerno, who had Savages came out this summer and. He wrote Armageddon and all these other things, and um, he went uh, and bought Thieves of Darkness, and we wrote the script together, and so that's taken up a little bit of time. And I've written a screenplay, uh, which I can't reveal the title of because it's very telling, um, and just finished that up. And uh, also just uh, am in the process of selling a screenplay called Magicos. Uh, I've almost done with another thieves book and then I have a book called sacred. So I've always got something going and I I write a lot and I find that I I could never do just one book a year. That would make me nuts. Sure. Sure. Got to do a few. Great. Well, where can people find you online? There's, you know, there's two addresses. There's richarddeutsch.com and Deutsch is D O E T S C H, which is a mouthful. But they can go to the thieves.org, easier to spell, easier to remember, uh, and they can, you know, see everything there. You know, I do the Facebook thing and the Twitter thing, and um, but I, I'm pretty active on my own website. Sure. And, uh, you know, it, it's great because you get to interact with your readers and get that feedback that, you know, you didn't get in the past. That's great. And I'll have links to those in the show notes as well if, if people want to check the, your site out. Um, and, and great. Well, again, we've been speaking with Richard Deutsch, author of the new thriller novel, The Thieves of Legend, available in bookstores now. So check it out. Richard, thanks for doing the interview. Jeff, thanks so much for having me. I appreciate it. And I hope you have a great holiday. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.